This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out along with Paul Stone here on Sports Better's Paradise with his best three picks in college football. Paul, before we get into that, uh, what what uh, what impressions did you have from uh, the week last week in college football? You know, just a uh, another great. Uh, week of uh, college football, probably one of the main things I took away because I took Auburn plus three at home over Penn State, and you tend to kind of look at the ones that got away or that were bad handicaps, but Penn State was really impressive. I mean, you look uh, early on, I've, I've been a critic at times, as many of us have, of, of Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford, but he takes that hit from uh, Owen Papo, I believe, the, the Auburn linebacker, just a right. wicked hit. And he doesn't, uh, he doesn't look for the sideline. He doesn't uh, whine and cry. He just keeps on ticking. So I think a team feeds off that type of uh, response from their leader, from their quarterback. And one of the impressions I had from that game, without question, not many people can get to that corner and just go upfield like Nicholas Singleton. I will say it right now, he is a special back because he's got uh, incredible acceleration. And they have another uh, true freshman uh, back as well who's a little more of the the Thunder and Nicholas uh, Singleton is the lightning, but Nicholas Singleton, the best uh, or the next rather great running back uh, in Happy Valley there at Penn State. Yeah, not not uh, not just the win. They were favored in the game, but the way they did it, how dominant they were in front of a, a hostile crowd because, hey, they were you know, they might turn on them now. Um, and, 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 and listen, they have stacked the deck against Harson. Okay, it's going to be hard for him to survive this season. But that was the first Big Ten trip uh, – First Big Ten team ever to come in Jordan Hare Stadium, and they were they were amped up, and they were. You know, I have a bunch of friends who are Auburn uh, season ticket holders, and they were they were jacked up for the game. And Penn State, yeah, and Clifford has been sort of a roller coaster ride uh, sometimes it, it, within the same game, but he man, it, it almost like it woke him up a little Joe Burrow esque. I mean, took a hit, and man, he just uh, really was impressive uh, in that game, and no doubt about it. Maybe Penn State can uh, can you know, can compete this year with uh, Michigan and some of the others in the Big Ten. Let's stay in the SEC. Let's talk it about boosters. Well, talk it about resources. Well, they built, uh, they've built Cal Field as close to the heavens as they can, and they've built uh, the facilities. Nobody has spent more money since Jimbo Fisher has landed in College Station on their facilities than Texas A&M. Nobody has spent more money on the NILs, the whole bit. They're all in, but... Man, they escaped last week despite being outgained by over 100 yards, despite being out first down by 11 as they escaped with Miami had field goal uh, issues and third down and fourth down issues. 
A&M now uh, takes on Arkansas. This line is dropping a little bit right now at uh, Bet Rivers. It is two. The total is 49. Uh, Sam Pittman loves to grind it out. He, uh, 144 to 78 run to pass this year for the 3 0 Hogs. I'm going to look at the total here, which you mentioned is 49 uh, minus 113 there at Bet Rivers. And that AM offense, again, kind of the story of the season so far for the Aggies, only have averaged 20.7 points per game. And uh, Games against Sam Houston State, Appalachian State, and then last weekend Miami. Uh, as you mentioned, I believe the Aggies scored 17 points, uh, obviously, in that 17-9 victory over the Hurricanes. Uh, but this Miami defense, it's not a great defense. I mean, in their previous course, this dates back to last year. In Miami's defense, maybe a little bit better than last year, but heading into the A&M game, they had allowed 30 or more points to nine of their previous 12 Power 5 opponents. Uh, A&M against Miami, again, only 17 points, 16 first downs, 267 total yards, uh, actually 264 total yards, average just 5.1 yards per play. The previous week, Southern Mississippi against that same Miami defense, and Southern Miss last year was one of the more anemic offenses in uh, Division I football. Southern Miss averaged 4.6 yards per play, so not a whole lot of difference between A&M's 5.1 yards per play against Miami, Southern Miss's 4.6. They did go to Max Johnson, the LSU transfer, uh, as the starting quarterback last week. The Aggies did. I think he was marginally better than Haynes King, a modest improvement, uh, but not a great deal. But looking at this A&M team, for all of its offensive woes, the Aggies still possess one of the very best defenses in all of college football, Certainly one of the top three or four overall units in the country, in my mind. They've only allowed a total of 26 points all season. Their front four, all first-time starters, some freshmen in there, uh, a number of those five-star type recruits that have gained A&M's recruiting reputation the last few years. Those young guys, as they get experience, are only going to get better. Really like that A&M defense. Total of 49, I just think it's too high. I think first team to 24 wins, um, I like the under. So take A&M Arkansas in Arlington under 49 on Saturday. Both teams like to huddle. Both teams are slow tempo, you know, conventional uh, approach there, which lends itself to uh, fewer snaps as well. Uh, A&M in the win against Miami, I think it's, there's like 53 total snaps, I mean, which is an extremely low number. Uh, so not like some of these tempo teams, you know, uh, Jimbo Fisher, who's conventional with his approach and a former offensive line coach in Pittman and what he does as well. And I already talked about how Arkansas is basically two to one uh, run to pass ratio. That's the prime time game, seven o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. Let's get to a not so prime time game. And the winless Navy midshipmen, they traveled to Greenville, North Carolina to take on East Carolina. East Carolina two and one in just that near miss against NC State uh, of being undefeated this year. Big, big uh, number here. Pirates are 17 at home against the Middies. Yeah, first of all, Jimmy, let me acknowledge, I mean, this, you know, these are not the best days of Navy football, clearly. Uh, after winning 11 games in 2019 uh, with uh, dynamic Malcolm Perry at quarterback, the Middies just 8-16 and 16 straight up since 2019. And, of course, one of those victories this year's season win, a season opening, rather, win over FCS Delaware. Uh, their primary issues the last two seasons and two games clearly have been their lack of offensive production. 
uh, in the 24 games since Perry's graduation. The Middies have just averaged 17.8 points per game. In Perry's final season, 2019, they averaged more than twice as many points that season, 37.2 points per game. So only 17.8 points per game for the Middies since Perry's departure. Uh, but some teams, you know, clearly and frankly have trouble defending Navy's unique uh, option offense. And I think East Carolina and fourth-year head coach uh, Mike Houston are one of those teams. Uh, you look at the last two years, it is a small sample size. But while Navy's offense has mostly struggled mightily the last couple of seasons against American Athletic Conference defenses, they won at East Carolina two years ago, 27-23. They lost at home last year to the Pirates 38-35. So they've averaged 31 points a game the last two years as they otherwise have struggled offensively. In those two games, they rushed for 633 yards. Obviously, they run the football uh, 6.3 yards per carry, which is a pretty uh, robust per carry uh, average. So you've got the uh, universal line pretty much across the market of 17. I made this line 13. I like the value there. Plus, Navy has thrived the past decade or so when getting 16 or more points. Obviously, you talk about slow football. They obviously condense football games uh, with that uh, option game that keeps the ball on the ground and uh, usually in bounds. But since the start of the uh, 2012 season, when getting 16 or more points, the midshipmen 8-1 and one against the spread. 17 uh, points seems a little bit high to me. Take Navy plus 17 on the road Saturday at East Carolina. All right. Really good stuff uh, right there. Is, uh, <clears throat> yeah, some of those teams just don't adjust, and we've got enough of a sample size with the same coaching staffs uh, as well uh, with East Carolina. This is a uh, mid-afternoon game, a 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific uh, kickoff. In Pullman, Washington, tough place to get to. Uh, at the Palouse, it's on Fox on national TV. Oregon, they like being away from those SEC teams. Uh, yes, after getting shellacked 49-3, to they've put up 111 points in wins over Eastern Washington and BYU. And as Bo Nix can be, good Bo, bad Bo sometimes, he was good last week against BYU. That's not a given. He will be good uh, this week in Pullman. So the Pac-12 opener for both teams, of course, Washington State with that big win in Madison when they only had 10 first downs in that game as they got out of uh, Madison with the world win there. They're undefeated. Oregon, seven on the road here at Washington State. You know, Jimmy, even though you mentioned uh, Washington State's road victory in Madison over Wisconsin, I think Oregon clearly comes in a little more battle-tested. They've already faced two teams that were in the top 12 uh, at the time of those games in their season opener. You know, steamrolled by Georgia 49-3 to there in Atlanta. I think a lot of people are probably going to fall in that category this year, though, when facing the Bulldogs. Uh, but the Ducks, quite impressive this past Saturday in a 41-20 uh, victory over then-ranked BYU there at Outson Stadium. Washington State, as you did mention, they defeated uh, Wisconsin 17-14 on the road in Madison as a 17-point underdog. But the Cougars, as you also mentioned, only 10 first downs in that game. 253 total yards offense uh, in that victory over the offensively challenged Badgers. All this to point out, in my mind at least, the jury is still out on Washington State and their transfer quarterback from Incarnate Word, Cameron Ward. 
Uh, reviews have been, you know, they've been mixed on Ward so far in his uh, first three games there at Washington State. A very physically impressive 6'2", 220-pound quarterback out of the Houston area that was very under-recruited. But he's already been sacked nine times this year. He's thrown three interceptions. And their other opponents besides Wisconsin, Colorado State and Idaho, so not exactly a murderer's row. So the jury's still out on Washington State and Ward. As you mentioned, the quarterback on the other sideline, Bo Nix, uh, the new man under center there in Eugene. And although uh, the Ducks uh, faced uh, then number one Georgia in uh, at the Georgia Dome there in Atlanta, uh, essentially a road game. This is Nix's first true road game on the opponent's home field uh, since coming to, to Oregon. And his troubles, his woes on the road have been well chronicled. He's a different uh, quarterback, at least he was at Auburn, at home and on the road. You look at his touchdown to interception ratio there at Auburn uh, in the three seasons, 25 touchdown passes, only four interceptions. On the road, however, just 13 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. So uh, Bo Nix on the road has not been nearly uh, as productive uh, as he has been at home. And again, a point spread role here that I really like with the Cougars since the start of the 2017 season when getting seven or more points as a home underdog. Washington State 5-0 and against the spread. They've won four of those games outright. As you mentioned, Pullman, just kind of a tricky place, kind of a sneaky place to play. I made this line four and a half. We can get seven there at Bet Rivers. Take Washington State plus seven, minus 114 at Bet Rivers over Oregon. All right, home dog right there. So uh, uh, Paul Stone's top three picks this week, Washington State plus seven, Navy plus 17, and then the Arkansas A&M total under 49. So Paul is 5-4-1 on the season. All of us collectively here on Sports Betters Paradise, 58% on the season, 32-23-1. Anything else you want to add? Uh, any angles and uh, be, a, a little handicapping advice as we move forward to this, uh, as we start to get into conference play uh, in the college football season? Yeah, I guess handicapping advice, you know, now we've got on most teams, we've got three data points or three games and you kind of, you know, maybe teams have played a quality opponent. Maybe they've played an opponent uh, at not quite that level. So you kind of look at, you know, I I get into what I call fundamental handicapping is I get three or four more data points and kind of see how these teams match up, uh, you know, against uh, one team, if one team runs the ball predominantly, uh, you know, how the other team defends the run. We start getting that type of information, uh, which I think is very critical. And I think it's important, too, whether you use Jeff Sagrin or your own system or just your own personal observation to look at strength of schedule because you've got some teams uh, facing each other here in week four that have played uh, drastically different levels of competition. So it's important oftentimes in handicapping college football, it's not much, you know, not so much how you played, rather, but who you played. So keep that in mind as well as you handicap these games. Hey, Paul, uh, on your power ratings, who have you jumped up the most? UNLV, Duke, Tulane, Kansas, Washington. I mean, we've got a, a, a handful. Of, I don't know which ones I'm missing about some teams that have really improved from last year. First of all, on Duke, you know, their victory, really the only victory of, of quote-unquote note that they have was there at Northwestern. And Northwestern's victory in Dublin in week zero over Nebraska has obviously lost a lot of luster. 
plus the Wildcats just lost at home to Southern Illinois. Not only an FCS team, but not a very good FCS team. So I'm not quite as impressed with Duke as some people are. Kansas, to answer your question, is one team that I have uh, uh, really vaulted up my power ratings. They have covered since they defeated Texas as a 31-point home dog towards the end of the 2021 season. Kansas has covered their last six games by an average of 21 points a game, and only one of those covers has covered uh, by less than 14 and a half points. So Kansas has been drastically outperforming uh, public expectations there. Jalen Daniels has just been a he, – he's been a he's good. dual threat guy. They yeah. got some uh, guys out of the transfer portal to shore that defense up, and uh, now they're – going to start the rest of the season they're probably going to have to play with the specter of losing their coach to nebraska so uh i hope uh you know hope kansas can uh, uh you know put away any distractions and, and they could be I, I don't think anybody in the big 12 is looking forward to playing the jayhawks i mean i think this is a legitimately uh, pretty solid football team and they're going to be really a, a fun watch and then you also mentioned as far as other teams that have vaulted up my power ratings unlv um you know i i was uh kind of down on UNLV going through the season more from the standpoint of they're going to have to show it to me before I'm going to believe it right. because I've heard it all before. But the Rebels look like they've got a little more juice this year. So UNLV is another team that I think I've probably up their power rating from the preseason power rating, maybe about six or seven points. Yes, indeed. All right, great stuff from Paul Stone. Each and every Wednesday, we drop it here on Sports Betters Paradise, one of the most respected college football handicappers in all of the country. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Ott here on Sports Betters Paradise, right here on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.